This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults, with zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute, and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Hey everybody, today we're talking about Fast and the Furious, and so I just wanted to make it clear that although I sound like a huge wuss who is afraid of going fast on this episode, that since then I have I have been trained, I went to different classes that they told me to take, and now I not only go really, really fast all the time, and I drag race and have multiple championships, but I own race cars too. I have an F140 uh, Lombardi Ferrari Niner, and I take that all the on the PCH and I go uh, I go up to 200 miles per hour and I clock in you know zero to 60 at 2.3 gigaseconds so it's like it's boring for me now this is like all that I do and I'm just fixing up cars all the time so I also have a shop so please take your car or bike down to my shop it's called Ethan's smoke zone and that's in reference to like leaving people in the dust you know or like the smoke that comes out of the back of the car it's not a place for weed I get that all the time and and yeah and that was my mistake naming it smoke zone but I already filed the LLC and I put a big sign up there so anyway come to Ethan's smoke zone I'll like totally custom mod uh, Nas your car and nitrous and the whole thing and there'll be fire and flames and, and your car will go up to 500 miles an hour and that's a guarantee Ethan smoke zone guarantee Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bad Science. I'm Ethan Edinburgh, and today we are talking about Fast and Furious. Not the Fast and the Furious, but the fourth installment in this series, franchise saga, uh, Fast and Furious. And I am joined by two titans of the industry. One is a stand-up comedian, an actor, and a host of the podcast, Who's Paying Attention? He's a national treasure. He's a car and motorcycle enthusiast, as well as Alonzo Bowden. I'm a titan and, and a, a national, national treasure, treasure I really... and yet somehow broke, and yet somehow <laughs> Not rich. You would think Titan your hood, and is National your Treasure. Made of velvet, Absolutely. I mean, so, so you're, you're spending it all think. on the hoodies and like bikes. I His assume. hoodie's I, velvet. My hoodie's Lululemon. So we. Can. Well, that's you paid more. <laughs> Lululemon costs more than Nike velvet. The, uh, Introduce my fellow Titan. Okay, right away, Alonzo. Uh, your 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 co-host here, because I assume this is just your guys's podcast now, is an automotive journalist, an actor, and host of the Smoking Tire podcast and YouTube series, Matt. Farah. Thanks. I'm not sure I've ever acted, but I've definitely played myself on TV. Oh, okay. Great. Well, the internet says you're an actor, and I wanted I've, to respect I've that. I've occasionally acted as if I wasn't completely appalled by a vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he keeps the testing gig. Yeah. So, to, to make things super clear for our audience here, you guys are car guys. You guys are motorcycle guys. I am not. So, I am going to be learning today. I'm going to be asking questions. And and first off, we, we spoke about it very briefly before we started. What'd you guys ride in on? Uh, I rode in on Ducati Diavel, which is uh, Ducati's. They called they they called it a cruiser initially. Then they said, "No, it's not they a cruiser." They walked back the cruiser. Right. Thing. <laughs> it, if you know anything about motorcycles, it's what we call a naked bike. Why so, is it a naked bike? What does that because mean? Because it doesn't have any fairings. It's not fairings are the aerodynamic covers that are on race bikes. Okay. It doesn't have any of that. They, naked means you can see the engine, you can see the suspension. Whoa. Everything is. It's a very good. The mechanicals bike. are visible. Well, it's still a Ducati, so it yeah. has to be styled 
beautifully. It is it is the Ducati for old knees. <laughs> Ducati makes. What rate- do you got for uh, herniated discs? Yeah, the, Ducati is known for you know Ducati is the Ferrari of motorcycles, right? Yeah, They're it definitely sounds like it. Fantastic Italian race bikes, but then they realized that their customer base and the world was motorcycle world was getting older. And you get to a point where like, no, I can't fold up on a sport bike anymore, but I still want something stylish and fast. Yeah. They, when they first built this bike in 2011, my, my Ducati dealer, who's, who I've known forever, he said, listen, I'm ordering one of these. He said, I don't know what it is. I don't know if anybody's going to like it. I'm ordering it. And then he got, he said, come ride this thing. He said, it's amazing. He said, it looks weird. You don't know what it is, but it's amazing. And he was right. So I wrote it. That was the first one I got years ago. So I just bought this one last year. Wow. So I'm, I'm on the duck today. Okay. They're pretty, they're pretty awesome bikes. They're pretty bananas. Yeah. yeah I assume good. it can also go exceedingly fast if it's still a racing bike. I can break the speed limit. We'll <laughs> in first, just in say first that. gear. Say so <laughs> I can break the speed limit. No, it, you know, it's fast, but it's not... This is the thing with riding motorcycles. Is the older you get, you you kind of, I'm not going to say you slow down. You get smarter about going fast and when to go fast. What so does that it, mean to be smarter when you're going it fast? It means that in your 20s, you're, you just want to see how fast you can go. And you have a replica race bike and you're flying around town and zooming. Then as you get older, you're like, okay, you, you might go to the racetrack. I have friends who go to the track all the time where it's safer to go fast. Or you just ride fast when opportunity knocks you don't you don't try to ride fast you know you don't do 80 miles an hour splitting lanes on the freeway you mm-hmm. you wait till the freeway's emptier and then you do 80 plus <laughs> and, and there are a lot of back roads you know so it's yeah so you just become smarter about it also you don't heal as fast so you're like eh might want to slow down <laughs> is this it's worth eight weeks <laughs> yeah exactly well it's good to know that you're that you're riding safe. Well, we have some of, you know we smarter. have some of the best roads in the world here so you can pick and choose your time and place to uh to enjoy them oh okay know? and so and you rode in on a well i'm like alonzo i'm a fan of the italian uh two-wheeled vehicles i rode a vespa Okay. <laughs> it's a 300, so it's the fast one. Okay. I just got it. I love scooters. I'm a diehard scooter. I love bikes like he does too, mm-hmm. but I'm afraid of fast bikes. Yeah. I'm very comfortable in a fast car. I, I don't, I'm not comfortable in a fast bike. That math he's talking about, about injuries, that's me constantly. But I have a lot of experience in the same way like a cab driver has a lot of experience. So like urban motorcycling is like the only way I stay sane. So my scooter... Like I got to run around all town all the time, like he does, and like doing that on two wheels is the only way I can be on time to stuff. I cannot want to blow my brains out from sitting in traffic, right? You know, I park right up front, like oh, it's the yeah. best. And I all those like feelings of motorcycling, I get those the fun feelings at much lower speeds. Like I don't need to be pushing the bike to get to have that fun, right? So you know, it's the equivalent of like a car thing. Like oh, I can have fun in a little hatchback. I don't need a six hundred horsepower, you know, Ferrari. Where me car, yes, I need the six hundred horsepower. Okay, <laughs> so that's when you're putting yeah, the pedals I'm jaded. In the for cars, you know, but yeah. not but but not for bikes. I'm still I, like I have, okay. he is a he's a car guy who rides. I'm a bike guy who drives. Yes. Okay. Yeah, 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 we have bo- the yin and the yang here yeah, today. Definitely. Yeah. That's fantastic. Definitely. I have such little experience riding motorcycles. I rode on the back of my friend's motorcycle. Don't ever say that again. Yeah, okay, yeah. very yeah, cool. Uh, These are things we don't tell his people. His dad <laughs> his dad was a no, bike let guy. Let me tell you something. Yeah. The only time we talked about this. There's only it's a very specific time you're allowed to ride 
on the back of another man's motorcycle. Okay. You were riding together. Your bike broke down. You have to get home. <laughs> That's yeah, it. That was That's not the, the case. Only, that yeah. is the only time that it's acceptable. I'll add an asterisk. I did two. it for a television bit. As a goof, and yeah. I with a MotoGP rider, I, and I about crap my pants. Yeah, I, that's a whole another thing. Which <laughs> on I, a road I've on Tuna done, Canyon, it was de- it was death. <laughs> I did it as a joke, like we were entering a place, you know, and it was funny for the little guy to be riding the big guy on the back of the bike. But we were getting paid for a TV show. Yeah, Although, yeah. Don't ever listen. I it didn't happen, and just it's not uh, surprising. Can you edit out him saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it in. I am honored to be unaccepted in the hands of both of you. I. I, I, for me, I had never been on a bike before. He had this like really fast bike, my friend's dad. And so he told me, hey, why don't you get on? I'll show you. And I said, no, I'm too scared. I was finally convinced. I hopped on. He said, let's do a boost. I didn't know what that meant. He got up to I don't know how fast. And I feared said, for my let's life. let's do a boost? He said, let's do a boost. He was a weird guy. I don't even know what a boost is. Is that a pole? Is that like- I don't, I don't <laughs> Maybe he just watched Fast was. and Furious. I'm not Maybe sure. Maybe had a turbo on yeah. it. I, will, I also <laughs> want to uh, pitch to you, my other experience riding was in Italy. And I wanted to get a scooter to go around around uh, town yeah. and so the guy the first thing they ask is do you have scooter experience and I panicked I thought if I say no he won't give me the scooter so I said yes gave me the scooter I took off from there turned a corner crashed into an Italian restaurant I mean they will give you the scooter always they'll just give you instructions if you say no right. I didn't know I didn't know <laughs> yeah, what to if do you give them money they'll give you a scooter that's the business that they're in <laughs> I freaked out man I just thought like oh I have to act the part here oh, oh, well, no. No, I, I have to tell you my favorite memory with that so it was a cruise gig and you know they it right at the end of the dock is a scooter rental place right so this guy rents the scooter and pulls as he pulls out of the driveway he crashes and his wife is standing there i told you not to get that scooter you don't know what you're doing blah 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 so that everybody on the ship just walking just by <laughs> while he's laying on the ground with his wife yelling at him it was like the worst like 10 thing. feet from the rental sign yeah yeah and and you know and every guy is like man i we know what he wants to say right now and there's nothing he can say he, and every the thing is everyone sees you because you're just laying in the street yeah. and your wife, no sympathy. I told you not to get that thing. You don't know what you're doing. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah, that's hilarious. her moment. That's validation it right there. hilarious. Oh, that's great. That's awesome um, okay, cruel. so Fast and Furious, I have not seen all of the Fast and Furious movies. Are you guys into, you know, are, are you, have you seen the whole franchise? Are you huge fans? I've seen them all. Seen them all. I've seen them all. Six, seven, and eight. I only saw once. Or, but yeah, I was going to say, all. I'm. I'm not going to lie to you. I've tried on three different occasions to get through Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> I simply can't get Whoa. through. It's so bad. I yeah, wanted just, to see that. I still haven't seen that I one. I couldn't make it through. I it, three separate aircraft. Three separate. Yeah, falling exactly. Asleep. That's exactly. Pretty much where I'm at. Too. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like it'd yeah, be so exciting. It, I, I tried on a triple seven. I tried on a just, seven eight seven. <laughs> You know, they they started out a lot of fun, and they were very cool. Uh, We were talking about this before we started. When the cars started flying, that's when they lost me. Right. The first time I saw a car fly from one tower to another in Dubai, (laughs) I was like, "Mm, I don't know. All right. From now on, I'm going to have to let it go. But the first few movies were, they were fun. They were great. And, you know, and we talked about this, Matt. Yeah, I still watch the first one at least once a year. Nice. They don't need a script. It was like, all right, here, <laughs> listen, we got cars, we got women, Yep, go. Yeah, and yeah. that was the movie. And Get it a was graphics fun. guy and a neon guy together. Let's right. make this. Yeah, let's make I feel it like happen. this one then is probably the perfect one to discuss and get into because it was. I think I have again haven't seen them all, but I think this was like the last of the 
regular car Fast and Furious movies. I think after this, they kind of got into flying cars, jets, helicopters. Got yeah, it became what. bank heist after this, right? Right. Yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. So I found it very enjoyable. I like the movie a lot, and uh, I have so many questions about just like random. There was like car jargon well, I didn't get. I did write down at one point like, what is the deal with underground street racing? Like it seems like this huge, almost like a celebrity event. There's people with tons of money everywhere. All these cars look like they're a million dollars. I just didn't when I. Think think underground street racing to me it's just like four guys maybe like two three cars underground street racing is not cheap but it's pretty grimy okay yeah. it's a pretty grimy enterprise it's not there's no soundtrack to it yeah other than like <laughs> there's a gray area then right. i guess but there is a lot of cash there, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of betting there's cad they bet their cars and they bet a lot of cash and they do you're right they put a lot of money into hot rodding their cars like yeah. I, I know um, not so much now but i used to know some of the kids who did that, right, who had the like, you know, three, four, five hundred horsepower Hondas and so on. And I'd be Whoa. like, well, you know, you could have just bought a Porsche. <laughs> yeah, but they, but but they that, can win money with but that. But I Honda. get it. Like, because, oh. you know, because if you're a car guy, right, part of the fun, or a girl, because there's women into it too, but part of the fun is building your car versus just going to buy a super fast car. You get a car. And it, this at this point, they were like into these Japanese cars, right? And they were just hot riding the hell out of these Japanese cars as opposed to when I was coming up, it was old American muscle cars, right, which which became super expensive and collector. So they, they had these beat-up Hondas and Nissans and, and Toyotas, and they would just grab them. Just for the style of it? Is that why? Because No, they because were cheap, plentiful, and reliable. Oh, and so okay. you could put stuff on them and then still drive them every day. You know, you couldn't, oh. even in like 2000, you couldn't really drive like a 65 GTO like every day. You know what I mean? It's a like weekend hot rod. It was old and clunky. Right. This Honda Civic, you could work on it on the weekends. You could then drive it throughout the week, and it would probably work. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it just sort of became. Did these, you guys ever lighter. have these mods? Yeah, and they cars. were the cars. They were the cars that they grew up with, right? Yeah. Like every oh. generation has cars they grew up with, you know. And these were the cars that this generation grew up with. So that was what they hot rodded. That's what they had around. Yeah, um, yeah. I, you know, I've had a couple of. Uh, little cars like that. actually my first sports car was a Mazda RX-7 which was a lot of fun and I, and I had a uh a really crappy Supra not one of the good ones and uh I've had a couple of Honda Civics and you know probably one of the most fun little cars I had was a Mini Cooper S they're great I had one of them too yeah. but yeah. wait when you say you've had because I've had a Honda Civic before as well but mine was like the regular standard Honda Civic is that what you had also or you're saying you would like hot rod these no cars? I had I had a regular Honda Civic it was the SI, so SIs it was were the cool, sporty. Mm. It was the sporty level of Civic, and it had a six-speed manual, and you just drove the hell out of it. And but I also had a CRX that was a blast. And the thing is, because they were Hondas, they don't break. Mm -hmm. Like you just drive the hell out of it. You're flooring it all the time, and it they just run. Hondas are the reliability of Hondas is incredible. Yeah. Okay, I, I've modified basically every car I've ever had. Wow. Okay. I mean, yeah, I have. I mean, it was sometimes I modify them a lot, and sometimes I modify them just a little bit. But is I, I can only think of. I can't think of any car I've ever owned that I haven't wow. modified in some way. Okay, and and is and it so, usually typically the engine? It you're depends modifying? on the car. Sometimes okay. the car, it's it for me. It's personally, it's like what does do I think this car needs? Sometimes the car needs the handling adjusted. Sometimes the car needs more power. Sometimes it doesn't sound quite right. So you get a different exhaust. You change the sound. Hmm. You know, sometimes 
yeah, uh, this this thing is black, and I really want it to be the color of the rest of the car. You know, it's any it could be anything because different cars serve you know different needs. Okay, but like right now, I have like a 1987 Porsche, like 911, like cool classic, but it's it's a four inch lift with big off road tires and rally lights <laughs> and like full under tray skid. It's an, literally an off road Porsche 911. <laughs> Sounds crazy. Yeah, and so that you know that's for driving in the city, basically for dealing with potholes and speed bumps and stuff like that. So I just smashed that stuff. But okay. at the time, the Japanese stuff was super on trend. Okay, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. And uh, racing? Have you guys raced? This movie's all about racing. Um, I haven't raced like as far as going to an underground street race and racing. I mean, I've gotten into it with people on the freeway and just <laughs> playing around. But no, I haven't gotten to the... And back, actually, when I first moved to L.A., this was back in 1980, I had a 67 Camaro. I did got into a few street races with that. That was about it. When you say got into a few street races, do you mean like you were like on the freeway somebody? No, no, it was, uh, it was actually guys at work. You know, it was it was almost like the nice. you know we're gonna fight after school. It was <laughs> yes. like, yeah, man, let's meet on this. There was a road out by the airport, and it was like, yeah, let's go out oh, there. Oh, I know and exactly see what you're talking about. Well, this is by Burbank Airport, oh, okay, out okay, in that okay. area. And we were there's like, multiple there's ones, one by LAX too. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, we were like, let's go, let's go see. You know? Dude, I did. It, I had a Mustang in high school that that I that me and my friends modified. We literally Whoa. took the whole engine apart and put it back, and it was the whole it was a whole thing. And I I went to one of these organized street races as a high school student with this Mustang. Damn. It's the one and only time I've ever street raced. What, and was, I, what were the rules here? Are we talking I, pink slips? What it, are we talking no, about? It, was for mon- it was money. It was a couple hundred dollars. Okay. And I lined up next to a very stock-looking Mitsubishi Eclipse. And this is where Alonzo goes, well, I see where this yeah, is going. Yeah, I know how this ends. Because the Mitsubishi Eclipse, there was a version called a GSX that had. It was a homologation car that had a turbo and all-wheel drive. And street racing is about building something called a sleeper. A sleeper. Which is a car that goes way faster than it looks like it goes. You debadge it. You put the basic wheel on it you make it look beat up shark somebody and then it's like you know 900 horsepower so i lined up with my mustang against this eclipse that sounded kind of normal and then it was like flags up and and this thing was like you know the last he saw that was the last i saw the eclipse and that was the last i saw my money and it was the last time i ever lined up in a street race wow crazy but but yeah no it happens and then they have these sort of the new kind of thing became the long distance kind of endurance street racing, which you probably heard of something called Gumball. No, I don't know about Gumball. Gumball 3000. It's sort of like, it's a rally, not a race. It's like a long distance party on wheels. Okay. It's a race cross country. But they basically race Sounds each weak. other from city to city. <laughs> yeah. It's it's madness. I don't really recommend it, but it's, you know, it's a lifestyle kind the of thing. About, okay. The thing about street racing and why they try to discourage it because it really is dangerous it's really dangerous in the sense of there's no safety equipment there's no barriers the car crashes into people or the driver can't drive and now you can well now it's harder to do but the the thing to do is go to a drag strip and like they have nights where you can just drag race like whatever you bring you can race and that and that is a smarter safer way yeah if me and matt wanted to race that's how we would do it yeah. we'd meet yeah. at at a speedway and, and we, we are going to do this go against right each you guys other. are going to race after i'm going the show. to track next yeah. thursday yeah. if you want to come okay so next thursday um, I'm, i'll be at auto I'm club smoke that scooter of his. <laughs> <laughs> well I we'll took, see i took a scooter uh you know remember them piaggio three-wheel yes. scooters i took one of those down the quarter mile once <laughs> 
There's a guy like who a does, he has this crazy racing scooter. It's like a nine second quarter mile scooter. Whoa. And he's just what Matt says. He shows up on a scooter and people are like, oh, get the hell out of here. Yeah. Takes and all their money. Takes all their money, smokes them. Yeah, there was a uh, scene, uh, piggybacking on what you said, where they are racing and uh, Paul Walker's character is just so close to hitting people. It's madness. He's like beeping, but he's also going really fast. So it's like, I don't know how much time they have to move but yet everybody moves out of the way. But that was one of the main things I was thinking throughout that entire sequence was like, how is no one being killed here? Inten- intentionally. If it, <laughs> a director made a decision to yeah. almost kill all those people. Right. Yeah. It was just In totally the later changed. movies, they just start killing them. Yeah, they, they, were, they were background <laughs> actors who had no idea what they signed up for. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, that's great. I uh, So how did you, you were saying that you got into it in high school. Maybe yeah. it was before that, I don't know. What did you, like, did your dad or uncle, did somebody, get into like, cars yeah yeah How oh i mean i was addicted to cars from when i was a very little kid i started with magazines and then nintendo games and then a go-kart and then you know eventually a started real, a real car and disassembling stuff fixing it. i'm not that much of a wrench i'm a okay. pretty terrible wrench me and my friends did work on my mustang yeah and, but i didn't actually enjoy that part of it i'm a driver okay so it was so like a me, kid it was all about driving. a kid with magazines video games just like this is up until i could drive once i had a license and a car all I wanted to do was just to be driving. Wow. I always, I thought every time I got in the car, I legitimately was like, this is practice. I'm practicing right now. Wow, yeah. Practicing for what? Like, I don't know, but like pretty <laughs> decent at driving now, so yeah, I guess that. that. Alonzo, what got well, you Well, I'm, I'm a little older than Matt, so I didn't have the video game When aspect. the automobile was invented. That's right. <laughs> well, I turned 30. The Model Ts. Yeah, you no. were neighbors with Henry Ford, I believe. <laughs> no, it, no I, it was a different thing. So it was the same thing, but just in a different era, right? So as a little kid, it was Hot Wheel cars, and then we moved up to, they had, they, they used to call them Aurora cars. They were these electric little race cars and we all had slot sets. cars yes yeah, slot yeah, car, slot but cars. smaller scale slot uh-huh. cars that you had sets at home you cool. know and we used to race those and and you know car people and bike people well i can i know how i fell in love with motorcycles but when it comes to cars it's just something in us so yeah so when you're a kid you start noticing cars and you start reading car magazines and you're like wow this is really cool like when i moved to la like I had to see Van Nuys Boulevard. I had to see Mulholland Drive because I had read about these places and they were like mythical to me. And it yeah. was like, I got to see it. Where is this? You yeah. know. And then you see it and you're like, wow, this is so cool. And it was when they used to cruise on Wednesdays on Van Nuys and they had speed shops up there and you would just see all this crazy stuff. And it was, I was like right at home as soon as I saw it. I was like, this is so cool. To uh, to live it because as a kid I just wanted to you know yeah what what got you into motorcycles I my grandmother had a farm in South Carolina and there was a, like a dirt road that you know a few miles it went from the house out to the highway right and the the there were people who rented land from her and their kid had a bike it had to be either Norton or a Triumph because it was in the late 60s it was a British bike. And he would put us on the back and just take us for rides up and down this dirt road. And I tell people, I was seven years old. It still feels that way when I get on a bike. It was like I was flying or so. I don't know what that feeling was, but it, I fell in love with motorcycles the first time he did that. And I absolutely love them the same way today. That wow. It's never gone away. It's never not been fun to get on a motorcycle. Like Matt was talking about, like getting around L.A., 
to me, like, aren't you scared? I'm like, no, it's a giant game of Frogger. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. If, you, if, you, Frogger. if you enjoy driving or riding or whatever, and you treat motorcycling in the city as an active thing I'm doing, like, this is what I'm doing right now. Nothing else. No work. Like, this. You're so much more aware than everyone in a car. And you use that to your advantage. You're gone before they even see you. Yeah, the anticipation, you know, you know when someone's going to change lanes without looking. You Like now, the whole thing is distracted driving. And if you're right. on a bike, for one thing, there's more room around you than people think. Like when people are in a the car, they're like, how did he go between that? There's usually more room than you think. Yeah. But, but you can tell if someone's texting. Right. You can tell when they're on the phone because you see the car move this little bit. Yeah. You know, just just be aware of that. So I can't fathom getting on the bike because of what you were talking about, splitting in between cars, going fast on the highway. It scares the crap out of me because I assume if I crash, you know, I'm going to get fucked up. You were in a crash. You did get slightly fucked up uh, from what I was reading, but you told me not to trust Wikipedia. So <laughs> if you don't mind me asking, what happened? Shit's editable. What was yeah. the healing? Uh, so this was this was fantastic so like i said we go to racetracks and, and i haven't done in a while but if you want to go fast you go to the track right because when you're on the track like they say everyone's going in the same direction you you pretty much know what you're doing and the people around you know what you're doing so um i was at a, a track called button willow a small track up in you know bakersfield just north of bakersfield i was coming out of a turn and I gave it too much gas, and I did what's called high siding. What that means is the back of the bike starts to skid, then it gains traction, and when it gains traction, it launches you in the air. Whoa! Like, and that so you high side, so you're like in a the springboard. Yay! Right. <laughs> Doesn't sound fun. So how much time? What do you think about when you're flying? You the you air? think it's going to hurt? <laughs> yeah. You honestly, time Go. slows down, and you're like, Go. man, this oh, is going to hurt. Wow. So um, so I broke my wrist. But the funny thing about it, and this is not, it was somewhat unusual, but you know, it happens. That I'll just put it that way. It happened. Somebody got on Wikipedia and had me as a motorcycle racer racing Ducatis. Mm. It was it's very flattering. Yes, the description. <laughs> I was like, wow, I am very impressed. And the yeah. funny thing about it is, motorcycle racers are like jockeys. They are literally half my size. They are small men <laughs> who weigh a hundred to a hundred twenty pounds for the simple reason in racing. Lightweight goes yeah, faster. Right. They don't want a 250 pound <laughs> motorcycle racer. That doesn't exist. <laughs> you know, so so it was so funny reading this. And and you, know, I don't know who writes stuff on Wikipedia. People who don't know cars think that if you go to a track day, you're racing. Right. That's and pretty much what that means. You're just practicing going yeah. fast under controlled conditions. Yeah. So yeah. So the so that was the crash. And it, this is what it was funny. This is what it led to. So. I had a Ducati 1098, right, full sport bike Ducati. A friend of mine's custom bike builder, as any motorcycle friend asks after a crash, how's the bike? <laughs> That's the first question, how's the bike? And I said, man, it's good, it's, you know, the plastic's cracked, I'm thinking about making a naked bike. He said, send it to me, I want it. <laughs> I sent it to him, he's a friend in Florida. He built the most beautiful custom bike. Like this bike was featured in magazines Whoa. and bike shows. And people would ask like, man, you own the Ducati. Like people knew the bike. The bike became far more famous than me. That's and so uh, it was it was really funny. But yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm okay. He's like, ah, you'll heal. I want the bike. <laughs> Is everything on the bike fine? Yeah. Numbers yeah. matching? Yeah. Send bike, it. Bike runs? All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me the bike. Have you been in any spills on a motorcycle? I, I, had, I, I dropped a bike, the, like this, I think it was the second or third day i had my license i learned to, to not ever lane split between 
traffic and the row of parked cars. Somebody opened a door on me, oh, no. and I dropped an Aprilia press motors. Like when I first, they really want to get new people into motorcycling. So if you write about cars for a living and you go, "Hey, I want to start doing bikes," they'll be like, "Come on down!" And yeah. so they'll lend you all the motorcycles in the world. So I took my test on a borrowed bike, and I'm I'm out riding this Aprilia, which is like a big you know it's an italian bike it's pretty expensive for like having a license for two if, days if ducati is ferrari aprilia is lamborghini yeah okay. basically got it and uh i dropped the bike at five miles an hour and i bumped my shoulder and felt kind of dumb and scratched the bike a little bit and you know knock wood fr- thank thankfully that's the only incident i've had okay you that's know, good but. to know i'm glad you guys are all have all your parts well yeah. now they have suits that have airbags built in yeah really? it's pretty cool yeah, yeah. You, can get a, you can get a racing suit and now you can even get street jackets that have an airbag built in oh. some of the most common injuries on a bike uh one of the common ones is breaking your collarbone Damn. so they have the airbag it would actually protect you it protects obviously your chest your back all internal remember organs. tommy boy when he pulls the thing on the plane yeah yeah that. Oh, okay. In, yeah, in yeah. the jacket. Yeah. In the jacket. Cool. Yeah. You know, the, the, the computers, the algorithms. I, I, there's a company called Alpine Stars that makes a lot of this stuff. And they, I was in Europe, and they invited me to see how they do this. And it's fascinating because cool. the computer can tell by the speed you're going whether you're leaning or crashing. You know Whoa. what I mean? Like it can tell by the speed and the angle you're moving this is a crash or this is just because racers ride at unbelievable lean angles, but yeah. the, but it can tell like, no, this is not leaning. This you're is, not leaning. You're actually flying through the yeah, air you're, right now. You're flying through the air. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to inflate and protect you from this impact. It's, I've driven some cars that were modified to such a crazy degree that when you would launch them, you know, from a zero to 60 launch, the computer, like, like you know, there's something called, like, OnStar on GM. They, like, calls, halt, yeah. right? And you'd launch the car so hard, and the G-force meter would be so hard that it would think you just had a crash. <laughs> that was like those, those Hennessy 1,000-horsepower Cadillacs, I just, right? Well, I, I, you know, it's, I was funny. I was just talking about that because we were talking about sleepers before. I just spent the last week driving a Hennessy Jeep Grand Cherokee. Silver yeah. stock wheels. Tell him about Hennessy. One thousand horsepower. Tell him, tell him about Hennessy Jeep? because yeah. Hennessy is a specific company that does something. So They're I'll in let Texas, Matt explain and it. they are. They just put all the horsepower at everything. So they get brand new cars from the dealers that are already pretty fast, and they make them just obscene. And it's the most Texas thing ever because they just are straight line highway kind of missiles, right? It's a yeah. yeehaw, gung-ho kind of stuff. Uh-huh. And so they sent me this Jeep, and it was just a silver Jeep with regular wheels, had no badges on it. They took all the badges off it, and it has a 1,000-horsepower engine. It does 0 to 60 in 2.6 seconds and runs a 10-2 quarter mile. Weighs 5,300 pounds. Wow. I mean, it weighs, it's a Jeep. And so then my the, wife drove it to the, you know, the grocery store. It's cool. To give you an idea of, like, like, so Cadillac made a car called the CTSV. And basically what they did was they took the Corvette drivetrain, right? Because it's all GM. Okay. They said, let's put the Corvette engine and transmission in a Cadillac. Mm-hmm. And we'll build a 500 horsepower Cadillac. And then Hennessy said, well, why stop there? Yeah. And then they <laughs> right. made it into a 1,000 horsepower Cadillac. But it still looked the same. There's yeah. some subtle differences wow. that if you're a car person, you would know. Yeah. But they I, stopped at 1,200 eventually. Right. They did go to 1,200. And, and <laughs> madness. It, it is madness. The, the thing about it, though, now, because of the electronics and computers, and this is like he's got a Porsche, and Porsche is 
I think, the best company at doing this. So you can get a Porsche Turbo that has close to 600 horsepower and drive it around like a Camry. Just safe, slow, this or that. And then stomp on it and be launched into the next dimension. Okay. And it's because now, in the old days, you kind of tuned a car for one or the other. It was either going to run on the street or it had to be full throttle and like it'd be like the car be bucking and and slow and this and that then you'd open the throttle and it would all smooth out well now the the fuel control the electronic controls etc the car can adjust to that so it now it runs smoother we're in the golden age of cars the technology has made a ridiculous amount of horsepower drivable. Yeah. So, I drove something called a McLaren 720S recently that makes just about 800 horsepower and will get 28 miles per gallon on the highway. Wow. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. The break is over. Here we go back to the show about science. So do you have to be aware of that, you know, because it's such a fine-tuned machine? You don't have to like, do anything. You just you like, just hit the button and put it in D and drive. It what you have anything. to what you have hmm. to be aware of is what that power means and what it could do. So so Matt's an expert driver. So if you give Matt a car that makes six, seven, eight hundred horsepower, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. There are a lot of people, they don't know what they're doing. Right. So now they have this car and they're like Oh my God. Well, what happens is it scares the hell out of you. Like you, you don't know what it's like to do, you know, zero to a hundred in, in, in the normal time you're accelerating on a freeway off ramp. Now you're hitting the freeway, you're doing 120 and they get scared. And like with motorcycles where, where the power to weight ratio is unbelievable. So you can have a bike that has 160 or 180 horsepower and it weighs 450 pounds. So it's a bullet. And, and there was one that came out. It was called the Yamaha R1, super fast race bike. And my friend who was a dealer, he said, yeah, they have a lot of the back halves of R1s available. <laughs> oh, Here's no. where you see this Because people would literally ram the throttle open and just ram into whatever was in front of them because they had no comprehension of how quick and how fast this is. So when you say, can you do it, you can do it, but you still need to know what you're doing. Like, yeah. you know, you don't want to give like these cars to to a 16 year old kid as his first car right or i mean or i wouldn't know what i was like doing that right you here's know, where you I see it now the most teslas okay because a lot of people go from a prius to a tesla right. or a diesel to a tesla or some other kind of economy car hybrid whatever to a tesla yeah and so they go from something that's 125 horsepower a little hybrid to Tesla 100D is like 650 horsepower. So they just, and by the way, they have a giant iPad right in front of them. Yeah, that doesn't look and very helpful. People that have alternate agendas have convinced them that things, these things can drive themselves, but they mo- most certainly cannot. Okay. And you end up with a lot of front end damage. Damn. People just drive yeah. them into stuff. Because one of the things about learning to drive, and especially learning to ride, is learning to stop. <laughs> yeah. I mean, learning, to, but I mean learning to really use the brakes. Like people, like when you get in a car with a race driver and they show you what the car can really do, the extreme of the car performance, what I find people are always amazed at is how late they and how hard they hit the brakes. Mm-hmm. They're going into a turn and you're like, okay, we should 
to be slowing down now, shouldn't we? Shouldn't we be slowing down? Should we? And then at the last moment, they hit the brakes, and you feel that seatbelt pull because they are, and that's how they drive. It's extremes, but you have to learn. Like if you do a high performance driving class, I've done a few. They teach you about braking. Yeah, learn to stop. Anyone can step on, stomp on the gas and go. You need to learn to stop, and you need to not panic. Yeah, there should be classes or warnings or something with these cars, because that makes total, what you're saying makes total sense. Every crazy fast car I drive now in the last year, and all the fastest stuff is ridiculous, I just go, I get out of it, I go, I cannot believe that they just let regular people buy this stuff. Right, yeah. It's just so insanely fast. And they do have classes, but you you have to take it. You have to decide that you want it to ride yourself. I did one with BMW. I, I have an M3, and BMW has a whole performance driving thing. I sent my brother to it, and he just absolutely loved it because he hadn't driven like that before, and he was just like, "Wow!" They should, yeah, they fun. should throw it in as an option when you're buying the car. You know what they do? A lot of them offer it as an option. Oh, what good. they don't do is really warn people. Push that it you on. Really you. need this because <laughs> right. You, most people are just not they have no idea the capability of some of these cars that's crazy yeah. well, so. and and so uh, i was thinking about it when you're talking about getting in a car with a race car driver they they in all of these movies there's drifting yeah. uh, and it seems like cuz they'll do it a few times in yeah. a race and then keep going and i was thinking to myself like wouldn't that wear on the tires wouldn't that oh, like yeah. Somehow... yeah but most importantly if you're racing drifting is what you do when you want to look good on camera it's not what you do when you want to re- win a race right, unless it's a drift race yeah. <laughs> Is no, that I a mean thing? there is. Yeah, yeah Tokyo, oh, okay. Drift yeah, yeah, race. Yeah. Yes, Formula yeah. Drift is drift is drift racing. Got it. Okay, yes, that's okay. a real sport. But typically, if you're actually having a race, you're not going to be drifting around. Probably not. Okay. It's not the fastest way. And yeah, you go know. through tires. You know, the, the thing about that, is, the thing about tires, it's brakes and all that. If you're a car nut, that's just part of doing business. Like you, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're, you're yeah. like. I remember a motorcycle racer said, he said, if you ever crash because of your tires, it's your fault. That's true. Like uh-huh. you spend the money on good tires and when they're worn, you get rid of them and get new ones. You don't try to save money on tires. And you know that this is this is your hobby. This is your the game you're playing. Yeah. So it costs this much money to do it. You yeah, know that we, uh, nobody nobody makes a profit playing with cars. <laughs> it's not a right. profitable it's not, it's not a business. <laughs> it is a fun business that costs you money. Yeah. Is this where we do the PSA that Paul died because of old tires? That's where he. we, oh, we I literally didn't, Paul didn't. and Roger died because they took a quick spin in a car that had old tires that wow. were dry rotted and had no grip, and they went around a corner at a speed that would have been. Yeah, if it's illegal, fine. Immoral, no. You could have taken that corner at that speed in a Prius and been fine. But they were on decade-old tires. Damn. And rubber, the way it, the way it go, the way you go through rubber is you can either wear it through by drifting or just by driving your car, mm-hmm. or it ages and dry rots, especially in California. Right. And so if you have a car that has old tires, not just worn tires, old tires are almost worse than worn tires. Actually, they oh. are worse than worn tires because the tread looks okay. <laughs> but if you you've seen this, where you see the sidewalls have the little cracks in it, yeah, and that's just age. That's just Pure rubber age. gets old and it hardens. It loses its elasticity. Wow. And okay, so if you're listening and you, and you have old tires but, get them switched up yeah but as regards the movie it's going through a set of tires in a movie race is not like going through an unlimited magazine in a movie gunfight okay the tires probably would last the race got it got it whereas you don't have 47 bullets in your glock i'm sorry right right yeah. what about the nitro yes, 
Oh, <laughs> you mean you don't? Oh, unless you have that and awesome. Can I see? Your, and, can I see your Glock? And if you're a bad guy, you can't hit anything. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> didn't can, go to just school can't for that. Hit yeah. anything. If you're a bad and you guy, you can definitely you're a good hide guy, behind doors of cars. They're definitely bulletproof. If you're a good guy, you actually only need three bullets because <laughs> yeah. you never miss. It, there is a, there's a part in this movie. There's a shootout where it's just uh, Vin Diesel and Paul Walker against like nine guys, yeah. Yeah. and they all have guns, and they didn't bring any guns. Yeah, and right. somehow that works out. When for them. did the street racers get military weapons training? Like I don't that? know. <laughs> I, they didn't. <laughs> I'll, I have a quick uh, quiz for you guys. I was thinking about Vin Diesel and how funny it was that his last name is Diesel, and he's in all these car movies. And I was like, is that his real name do you guys know if it's his real name or not i could almost guarantee you it's not i have no idea it is not his real name yeah. his real name anybody vincent Go. something <laughs> it's mark sinclair oh yeah sounds huh. about right yeah, yeah. yeah. but okay. I, when i heard that i was like that's still a really good name mark but sinclair not as good as vin diesel vin diesel's no. a great name that's do you an think action diesel, star name he's a, like a video gamer do you think that was like mm. his alternate like avatar before he started acting yeah that makes sense yeah it could be or you know didn't he start like didn't Spielberg see him in a short or yes. something like that, and he did it himself. I think right. it was like about him. Or so like, he was, you know, the guy was talented. Obviously, yeah, I think this, he was a dancer, like a break dancer or something. Yeah. There's okay. video for, the, for these sure. Fast and Furious movies. Just they fell into this. Yeah, they did not know this was going to become a billion dollar franchise when they first did it. When they first did it, it was going to be some good looking guys, some sexy women, and some fast cars. It's point breaking cars, right? And mm -hmm. then the form formula worked beyond belief yeah definitely and they did. were like let's just crank them out every year they stuck with it past shitty and it came back to ironic cool right, right. which will which sustained it into premium cool yeah i mean in comedy i'm sure you you would know like a lot of times when something is not funny but you keep harping on it then it becomes funny again somehow right um okay nitro i had to ask about this whole i don't know fiasco about nitrous <laughs> they nitrous yeah, yeah. Nitrous oxide. they all have it in the cars yeah. there's even a scene in this movie where he starts he releases a gas valve and then pushes in that like lighter right. thing in everybody's mm -hmm. car and then it explodes and so I have several questions here, I guess. One, have you guys used this nitrous oxide? Is it safe to use? Should anyone have this? Why would you have it next to you? I'm going to let Matt. You okay. want to take it, Matt? Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. give you the basics. So nitrous Great. oxide is what you call an accelerant, right? Okay. It allows, it, it creates a more oxygen-rich environment in your engine, mm. more oxygen Plus, more fuel means more fire and more horsepower, okay? okay? So it's known as a power adder. You have to keep filling the stupid bottle, and if it's <laughs> installed correctly in a, in, a, in a drag racing car, it's reasonably safe to use. Okay. It, it is. People use it all the time. It, but hmm. what you don't want to do is drill a hole into your intake, shove a, a nitrous thing in there, and put it on a button. What The button visual yeah. is what is really not accurate about it. It's always a button. Most yeah. people, especially oh. in a computer-controlled car, it's on a throttle position switch. So it flows as much or as little as is needed dependent on your engine RPM and your throttle. So okay. there would be like a master arm that mm. would turn the system on and then after that it's just It's just on. on the pedal. But the visual of the button, you know, and like a being like a tur a a t an instant boost, like... That's wrong? It's hokey. Well, it's wow. not entirely wrong, but it's definitely yeah. hokey. Theoretically. So so this, look at it. This is what an engine is, basically. An engine is basically a pump, Right. So you put air in, you put fuel in, you ignite it, and it th that moves the pistons, which move the crankshaft, which creates power. 
Okay. So if you have more air in, just like he said, and you add more fuel, you can get more power. So what you have is things like turbos, supercharged nitrous. Basically, instead of the engine sucking air in, air is being pumped in. Okay. Right, you get, so it's under pressure. So yeah, so you have this big bottle, right? And and yeah, it's like you said, it's usually hooked up with your throttle. Like when you hit full throttle, then the nitrous kicks in, and you get it's a temporary boost. It's not, you know, it's not enough to make you fly between buildings in Dubai. <laughs> it, okay. It's that last little boost of horsepower when you're in a drag race or something like that. Okay, and that, but but it looks much sexier to open the bottle, yeah. hit the switch, and suddenly the car just rockets. You, you know, if you watched uh, Mad Max, yeah. mm -hmm, same thing, you know, where Mad yeah. Max would do that in the chase scene when he would lift the, the red knob and yeah, the supercharger yeah, yeah. would kick in and then the car would just, <laughs> you know, take off. Now, the great thing about the Mad Max movies, they're all real cars. Right, yes. He uses all, they use all real, even in, in the last one, they started out with 130 cars and by the end of filming had one <laughs> like, because they literally destroyed, they destroyed every cars, vehicle yeah. you saw, but it was all real. Awesome. Like the, That's how he does it. But whereas with Fast and Furious, it's become more and more CGI, Yeah, you know, which the, I think they need to tell people that because these kids start believing that In the their first one, there's a lot, a lot of real cars. Oh, yeah. And my in friend the, Craig Lieberman no, owned like five ones, of the cars. Oh, cool. In the early ones, there were cars, but then, like I said, when they started flying yeah. yeah okay like like this is a thing all right listen kids when you're backing your car out of a cargo jet that's taking off okay be sure that your speed matches the ground speed when you hit the ground you know what I mean? like no like no you cannot back a car out of a cargo jet as it's taking off and then drive away don't try it don't do that don't do that at home <laughs> yeah it doesn't work that's good advice yeah this is an advice podcast so that was, that was very helpful <laughs> what other what other sciencey things do you have on that oh, long okay. sheet of yours yeah 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 it's way too long so no, there's I'm just curious there's it's upside down from here right at the beginning of a race there's mm -hmm. something he like and in only in uh vin diesel's car he like what's that called you're like starting the tires yeah, yeah he's like burning burn out, out oh. and then as soon as it starts hit the front of his car launches into the air right that's and, called a wheelie yeah he's doing this wheelie why how does that happen like right at the beginning so in a drag race mm -hmm. right at a drag strip with real drag cars yeah you have these big slick racing tires that are deflated to very low psi and they use this stuff called vht which is literally like liquid tar they spray on the ground so you do a burnout the smoke yeah. in place yep. that heats up the tires makes them very tacky okay then you'd roll up to the line which is covered in this tarry stuff so it's tacky on tacky Ooh. and you launch your car and it grips so hard that it torques the front wheels in the air oh to do the stunt in the movie, they physically put weights on the back of the car right, okay. to upset the weight distribution to make it do that. There we go. That's not entirely accurate, but it would be it would be possible on a, if it was on a track with the right surface. Yeah, okay, you got to have a ton of power, a ton of torque to wheelie a car because it's very heavy. Um, on dragsters, like funny cars and stuff, they have what's called wheelie bars, so that they 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 stick out the backs two little wheels. So basically, Looks when like the car goes wheels. up, it keeps the car from flipping over. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I was worried would, about it that. It would make no. so much power, 
you know, that it would just launch. So, so wow. that's, uh, yeah, so it's not going to happen in a street race like that. It looks good. You see it with motorcycles all the time. Motorcycles, yeah. it's easy to wheelie because, again, the power to weight ratio is so much different. Right. You can, and you lift can it also up. move yeah. your body weight to balance right. it yeah. in a way. Which you, you know. I just thought it was video, Lonzo, sorry, from like a couple of weeks ago of the Porsche Turbo at the drag strip that does a no. wheelie. It launches in four wheels, yeah. and it does about a 50-foot wheelie. This is a 911. It's mm. so fast. It was oh, awesome. I got to see it. Yeah, but, I uh, thought it was only with like uh, hydraulics that you can no. like, hit a button and then. Oh yeah, wheelie. you can make it bounce. No, that's <laughs> right. a different thing. That's, that's, a, low that's bouncing. I and, they're, and they're driving as slow as possible <laughs> right. when they're bouncing. See, that's more my speed. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That would be low great. Riders are awesome. We should and we that's do a low where, rider now show. Now you want to talk about hot women hanging around cars? <laughs> yeah. That low rider world is just unreal. Yeah, and that's they and they have them. They actually do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That under that that import show if you switch the cars with low riders the people would make more sense right <laughs> okay that totally that yeah. that clicks with me in a, yeah. in a much better way okay so there's a main part of this movie a, a plot point is nitro meth he says that there's only one guy in la that sells nitro meth yeah and he knows it because there's like a yellow substance on the road and he like <laughs> well it's a fuel nitro methane is a fuel that's basically explosive yeah which is why you don't put it in your car Okay, but there are again drag racers and race cars that are made to run on that fuel. Uh. So what he's saying is that residue of the fuel tells him that you know there's one guy who has a car that runs on this, and yeah. this is how we know it's the guy. If you have a car that looks even remotely like a car, <laughs> like not a dragster, you know what I mean, mm -hmm. like a, a car that's driven on the street, yeah, and it's running on nitro meth, you have a real problem. <laughs> <laughs> Like, because there's so many levels of fuel between regular gas station 87 octane yeah. and night. There's about seven or eight levels of race gas. Okay. And you're into the thousands of horsepower okay. if you need nitromethane. Yeah. It, I, and when he says looks like a car, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but <laughs> dragsters, okay, it's just a plastic body put on the frame. It's yeah. a plastic body that looks like a, a you know, a Dodge charger or a camaro or something like that but that's all it is it's a fiberglass or well it used yeah. to be fiberglass now they're plastic it's not a real car body on yeah. there so that's what he's talking i think about. in the movie it's like a torino or something yeah. and the yeah. idea that a yeah. ford torino is running nitromethane is mm. insane i was so confused about it because a i love the name nitrometh that sounds just badass. sounds oh, really yeah. cool right yeah. and then there was also some hate on on hybrids you know like they mentioned it's like oh do you, uh, he he might own a hybrid and paul walker's like uh no chance <laughs> and so i i don't know i want a hybrid i think that that you know it's good there's to, some cool hybrids but at the time this film came out there weren't okay the the cool hybrids <laughs> yeah let's, let's are <laughs> the million dollar supercars where the engine makes 600 horsepower and then the electric motors add 400 more yeah got cool it. hybrids are not priuses that get 72 miles a gallon that's that's, that's not cool no no the no. cool hybrids are supercars because like formula one race cars are hybrids right it, it's a, a v6 mm -hmm. motor with an electric motor added for power and and to get race cars are let's test this technology before we put it on the street right like right. that's what race car race that's part of what car racing is about so you have these hybrid supercars like matt was talking about mclaren porsche uh ferrari they're all they're making them and that's what they use the hybrid for to for additional horsepower above and beyond what the 
gas-powered engine is making. What okay. you can do with the hybrid system is you can have a car that's got the gas engine powering the rear wheels, and then you have electric motors in the front wheels, wow. which can give you an, an all-wheel drive system, but where the front wheels aren't mechanically connected, which means you can program them to do anything. Oh. Which, there's a little nerdy for you, but like, let's say you're right. turning into a corner. You could have it break your inside wheel and over accelerate your outside wheel Whoa. to make you turn sharper. Okay. And you can just bloop, bloop, just program that in. Damn. So right. like that's what that's, a, that's what a cool hybrid does. That is a cool hybrid. Probably not what he's talking about. No. They right. they were talking about having a, a like I say a Prius. Prius. This movie was like oh five, right? Oh nine. Oh nine. Yeah. yeah, not any good hybrids yet. It was not like four four more years before you got good hybrids. A Tesla, a good hybrid. Tesla's no, fully, Tesla's electric. fully electric. Tesla fully, yeah, fully electric. electric. Okay, yeah. cool fully. electric car though. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Goes fast. Cool Goes fast. Appliance. According to what cool you're appliance. saying. Cool appliance. Porsche Taycan. Cool electric car. Yeah. Um, there's a quote. Somebody says, "Muscle beats import every time." <laughs> right. It was also kind of a schmuck character that said yes, this. It yeah. usually is. Okay. So muscle cars are American cars, mainly from the '60s, where the way they made horsepower make the engine bigger. It was they were big cubic inch engines big v8s and there are people who believe in muscle and they they like old hot rods and they build those up and then uh imports are the the japanese cars where the, the technology where you're now you're tuning it with your lap that's why you see them tune it with their laptop because right. they can adjust fuel mapping and and this and that and the other so so that's kind of the battle mm. right the old school muscle guys who grew up with those cars who believe in those cars and then the tuner guys are the younger people who believe no i my technology will beat your cubic inches yeah okay where do you guys fall I think that I don't. I don't. I don't even get in that fight. I think it's a stupid fight. <laughs> what, do you, <laughs> I think it's a what do you want? What do you like? Yeah. You know, I, I've got a friend. Well, you know Chris Titus. Yes. You know? Titus is a car guy. He has some of the most beautiful old hot rods. He builds like he builds. He's into muscle. He also drives a Tesla as his day to day driver. But but we used to have this argument, and I say like Titus, I get it, but. The golden age of cars is now, because at that time I had a CTSV. I was like, I have a Cadillac with 550 horsepower that also has heated seats. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, they, like when they put 500 horsepower in a 69 Camaro, not only didn't it have heated seats, it couldn't turn. It went straight. <laughs> it and also wasn't watertight. Right. If you, tried, if you tried to turn at a high speed, well, now you die. Yeah. And so, so the technology... Technology has made everything better and safer, but there is something to be said for just brute horsepower, like an old car that has a brutal engine that just, you know, but you have to know how to drive. Kevin Hart's crash was a case of somebody driving a, a high horsepower car, an older car that was built to be a high horsepower car, and the guy didn't know how to drive it. Mm. Yeah, I know what you're doing. I like I like all different kind of stuff. I, I, I mean, uh, not everybody can own multiple vehicles, but I... I I can, and so I have different cars that, that excite me for different reasons. And if you're not actually entered in a race with prizes, I don't really care if your car does the quarter mile a second faster than my car if I like my car. Like, I right, just don't. Right. Except and for next Thursday when you guys race. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I've never had room, or really, or money, but definitely not room to collect cars. 
So I just go through them. Like I'll drive something for a year, year and a half. Now I'm bored. I want to drive something else. And a lot of times it will be something completely different. Like I literally went from driving a Hummer to a Mini Cooper. Did you, did you make that actual trade? Yes. I made that actual trade. I made it. I went H1 to Mini Cooper in 2006. Wow. And and yeah, because the Mini is such a fun. (laughs) I have a picture of me with both (laughs) of them. I stand between, and I'm like, I'm a true Gemini. Yeah, <laughs> these are you know, uh, but but the mini came out and it was like, man, this is like driving a go kart. Bro, was you're such in the Italian job when you drive little that joint. car, yeah. and and the engineering people are like, how do you fit in it? And it's like I'd have people sit in it and they couldn't touch the pedals. Yeah, the seat goes back so far. Like uh-huh. they, it is it is remarkable engineering how much room they have in that little car, and it's so much fun. You know drive. what I just drove, Alonzo, last week? I went to Buellton up. Up north, I know and I drove a classic mini, like oh, the old I've one. I still haven't driven one of those. You have to, you have to drive yeah. this one yeah. because this one <laughs> has a supercharged V6 in the back, <laughs> and it I've weighs two thousand pounds and makes five hundred horsepower. It's psycho death machine. The other fantastic. thing <laughs> guys are doing is they're putting motorcycle engines yep. in them. Yep. <laughs> yes, they are. Motorcycle engine in a little car is a wonderful thing because oh. motorcycle engines rev really high. Okay, and usually you're also using the motorcycle transmission which is sequential so a high revving engine with a sequential transmission in a little car yeah feels like a formula one car you know it's crazy (laughs) okay awesome i gotta try you guys are really getting me into this i've never been in before and now i really want the dealership right now let's get it going let's go no, you know what you should do that Please. would honestly would be really fun for you just south of uh, the airport. They have the Porsche experience. The Burbank Airport? Or no. The, no, LAX. Here, LAX. LAX. Okay, okay. And it, it costs it costs a little, like 500 bucks. Okay. And you can get out there with someone who knows how to drive and they'll they'll you'll do laps in a Porsche and then they'll let you drive it. Wow. And you get to experience what a high performance car is like in a safe controlled place. There's also a place in Vegas called speed vegas the same thing and you know again it costs some money it costs a few hundred bucks it's like the adult playground right so i did a thing there called the italian job where i got to do like 10 laps five laps in a ferrari five laps in a lamborghini and it was a blast it was fun and but this is a way to experience it you don't have to buy the car you don't have to deal with all of that you just want to see you know some people like they've never done 100 miles an hour in a car right and this is a controlled atmosphere where you could safely do 100 120 miles an hour in a car just to see what it yeah. feels like to do you know which is much safer than doing it on the 405 and even the entry level Porsches today are stupid fast yeah and like they have cool programs and my friend Jen runs this place it's great um, they have like you could do a basic session or you can do like stick versus automatic rear wheel drive versus all wheel drive turbo versus non turbo like yeah. they have different cool like sampler kind of programs for you to get a, a variety of experience I am down that yeah. sounds super I can fun set it up to, to hook you I up. would absolutely yeah. love yeah. that and I think this is probably the the best time to tell you since we are wrapping up that I don't know how to drive the stick shift. That's okay. That's they okay. They can probably teach A you. A ton of people don't now. You know. Right. And, and there's another fight that goes on now. Stick shift versus dual clutch transmission. So yeah. The dual clutch transmission it, basically the clutch is controlled by a computer and it's like automatic and people are like, oh it's not real drive. It's like well the fastest cars in the world all use it, so mm-hmm. there must be something to it. Okay, yeah, that's a good argument. I like that. I'll <laughs> say that from now on. Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, I mean, but but there's people who are real enthusiasts who would like manufacturers to continue making stick shift cars, right. even though there is less and less of a business case to do so every year. Sure. And it's the opposite. It used to be that the stick was the standard, and then you paid a little more to get an automatic. Now, if you want a stick, you're special ordering it. Wow. Porsche charges more. <laughs> right. If you and want the, a and stick the reason now. is because if you're a manufacturer, if one out of 300 cars you sell has this manual transmission as a manufacturer it's a pain in the ass to build that one car right for that person who insists on the manual transmission and then the other thing and this is where people's heads like this is where fantasy versus reality right well i'm faster in a stick and then like if you're honest with yourself and you do like matt said go drive both like no you're no, not, you're not. <laughs> like like you the might have more fun in a stick if you enjoy driving stick but you ain't faster the racers the racers literally say like, especially with porsche because porsche is so good at figuring out when the car should shift and they, the control they're like no, put it in drive and don't touch it. Yeah, the they car set the Nurburgring records in automatic Yeah, modes. they're like, the wow. car is smarter than you. Okay, cool. So I don't feel I bad about myself that. out of pride, but if I actually wanted to set a lap time that mattered, I would just put the stupid thing in automatic. Wow. And me, I, I like, yeah, I leave it in drive. My car is much smarter than me, so it's cool. I'm cool with Not, that. I don't think all Although, cars are smarter than me. I think... Some very high end cars are smarter than me, but hmm. some of them. Are I assume all cars are smarter than me for sure. Well, I, you, they probably are. Yeah, big time. <laughs> this is, you know. Uh, boys, I can't thank you enough for being on the program. Is there something you'd like to promote? Obviously, you each have this, uh, the great podcasts, uh, but anything else you guys want to plug, please feel free. AlonzoBowden.com. Come see me do stand up, and uh, I won't talk at all about cars. We'll talk about anything else. You talk about cars sometimes. Sometimes, yeah, I talk about driving. But relatable and, shit, yeah, not fucking nitrous Driving oxide. and traffic and, and uh, you know, I'm not a fan of the Prius. Anyone who's seen my stand-up has... <laughs> There's a lot knows, of Prius-based material. They know I'm not... No, I'm not a fan of the Prius or the Tesla. I always say uh. Tesla drivers are just Prius drivers that made it. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. And yeah, if you haven't seen Alonzo, please get off your butt and do so. It's Thank uh, you. unbelievable, unbelievable. Uh, I'll plug the Smoking Tire podcast, the Smoking Tire YouTube series, and you can just find all that at thesmokingtire.com. And if you're in Los Angeles and you like this because you're collecting cars or you want to be a car collector, I have a collector car storage facility. It's called Westside Collector Car Storage in Playa Vista. And you can come see us or hit I, us up. I might have been there before. I'm trying to think if it was there. There was like a studio at a... I had a car collection place, and I think that was the name of it. Was uh, I don't think so, because no? we're going to be open in about two weeks. I've built, oh. it, built the building. But okay. come okay. see us Sorry. anyway. That's okay. I'm yeah. There's another studio I'll somewhere. I'll come by. But come see us at Westside Collector Car Store. If That's you're all. listening to this, go have fun with a car. Yeah. Go to go to a uh. high-performance driving school. That's nice. That's probably the safest way to do it. And, and all the car manufacturers, if you go to... A Porsche website, Mercedes website, BMW website, they'll, they'll show you. BMW has one. I did one. They did it at Santa Ana Racetrack in the parking lot. They set up cones, and they teach you how to drive. And it's really fun. And, you know, in, in the old days, and Matt knows this, in the old days, you learned by risking your life. <laughs> you, were, you were an idiot. Like, I remember my first motorcycle. They were like, here's a clutch. Here's a throttle. This is how you shift. Good luck. Bye. And if you <laughs> make it home, you should be okay. Yeah. But now they have so many classes and controlled environments where you get to enjoy these. These are adult toys, but you get to enjoy them under the right circumstances where you won't kill yourself. And the motor, also the Motorcycle Safety Foundation, yeah, which has MSF classes teaches. all over the country, and they have bikes. And so you can take an MSF class 
that's like a weekend long that literally ends with you having a license. Wow. Yeah, you so. show up, they tell you, bring a heavy jacket, wear jeans and boots. They'll provide you a helmet, gloves, a small, non-intimidating bike to teach you <laughs> yeah. how to ride. Yeah, and you, you, get, you get everything, and then you just go to DMV with the proof from this. Hmm. And they're like, okay, and we'll now get, you have get a license. license, man. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm definitely going to, uh, yeah, take you up on it, partake, and I'll let uh, all these listeners know how I fare if I fall, <laughs> and uh, I'm sure it'll be super fun. And remember, no more stories about being on the back of your friend's bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm done with that. Thank you. <laughs> um, oh, my next <laughs> no. story is going to be me on the bike. For there sure. you go. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, guys. See you later. Bye. Bad Science is hosted and produced by me, Ethan Edinburgh. Our associate producer is Emily Feld. Our engineer is Jeremy Schmidt. And the executive is Brett Kushner. Bad Science is edited by Lucas Bollinger. And our social media is managed by Blue Whale Media. Shout out to EJ and Kate. Follow us on Instagram at Bad Science Show. That's at Bad Science Show. Or feel free to send us an email, badscience at seeker.com. That's badscience at seeker.com. Let us know what you think about the show, any movies we should do in the future. And of course, leave us an iTunes review. That lets other people hear about the show. And I'll see you all next week. Bye. <laughs>